You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium and Gale. It's Uncle Silk. It's your boy, 35, the All-American. And Dan. Oh, we're 1-0, fellas. Football is in the air. Things are thriving. Clarity. How you feeling? What, what Boys exceeded expectations. I was talking about 40 burgers and shit. I don't know. We got to make a, make a new, new slogan for, for the 50 points. We're gonna get into. We're gonna get it. We're gonna get into. Uh, I'm pretty sure we always impressed. I, I, I was super impressed. But how was y'all weekend? I was phenomenal. Got we all hung out Saturday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Our yeah, weekend. Yeah, man. It was fun. It was a dope weekend. I hopped on the road, man, and, and, and met met the guys down in Orlando and um, enjoy enjoy the game, and the atmosphere for a little bit. Mm-hmm. What about you guys? Oh, it was good, man. It was good to see you guys. We. Uh, I got to see you two again. Then Cam came down, uh, and then Spencer came down from Virginia. Hung out on uh, on Saturday all day, so that was uh, was big vibes. And uh, other than that, man, just kind of hung out here in Tampa, kind of relaxing weekend outside of that. Uh, trying to get my uh, my Lightning a Stanley Cup victory tonight. My Heat are in the NBA Finals. My Marlins are in the playoffs. My Gators are one to know. Things things aren't too shabby. You got you living an all right sports life right now. Dolphins are still trash, but other than that, you all right. That's right. They did. They did pull a victory over uh, your Jaguars, I believe, on uh, on Thursday. Uh, Part time Raven fan right now. Oh, very good. <laughs> I don't know if I'm on your schedule. We'll figure that out later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we all was together, man. Um, I appreciate y'all boys for pulling up and hanging out. It was dope to be with the whole crew from uh, Spencer, Cam, y'all boys. We got to flick it up. We didn't do the final pick pitches that we wanted to do. Dan got out of there quick. I don't know what I happened. Had, I had to come back to Tampa. I thought that the Lightning were going to pull off the uh, the Stanley Cup on Saturday night. So yeah, literally just oh. told you, bro. Like, like damn, we about to go flick it up in the Bay. You're like, okay, cool, and then you left. Yeah. Well, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> so, there'll it's be more crazy. times, boys. I'm gonna I'm gonna swing over there probably three, four, five times this year. So already. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's get the show started. We got a lot to talk about. So as always. This podcast is brought to you by our friends over the Thomas Firm. They handle all insurance claims for property damage to homes or businesses. Their lawyers have over 20 years of experience handling roof damage and leaks from storms, water damage, hail damage, hurricanes, sinkholes, and fires. They work all over the state of Florida, and no claim is too big or too small. So if you suspect that you have damage to your home, give the Thomas Firm a call for a free consultation to ensure your insurance company pays what you are owed for the complete repair of your home. No charge unless they recover what you're owed from the insurance company. Give them a call, 813 Two two one two five two five, or visit them at tntattorneys.com, and that's 813-221-2525. All right, boys, as always, let's talk a little bit about the national scene, and then we'll hop into uh, to Gator news. Uh, national picture, uh, big game in-state. 
that definitely was a letdown uh, was that FSU-Miami game. Uh, FSU absolutely trounced – or uh, Miami uh, absolutely trounced FSU 52-10 uh, to 10 in a game that was probably not even as close as that. Uh, FSU now has scored the least number of points to their first two opening games since 1976. They're 0-2 right now and probably well on their way to maybe a 2-8 a and eight season. Uh, were you guys able to catch that game at all? Yeah, I, I, I caught I caught the, the like second half of it, and it was just I mean it was awful. I mean Florida State really just got boat raced, and you know it wasn't even close from the beginning. Uh, they went in there with with with, with no coach at that. Um, I think Miami took advantage and just and just destroyed them all night. Yeah, um, Florida State's in serious trouble as a program. Like for real, for real, I don't. I don't see this being a quick fix, man. They, if they don't change yeah, coaches, right. like, get somebody that can recruit and, and really get some players in, they're going to dig a deeper hole, man. I think they're in a hole already, and that hole's going to get deeper if they don't somebody don't grow some balls and fire into a veil. Yeah, I was reading an article today. They called it a, uh, a talent trench, not just a talent gap uh, that FSU now has with Miami. And, and, you know, we believe that Miami has a talent gap with Florida as well. So uh, I think things are going to get a lot worse at Florida State before they get better. I'm not sure uh, where they go from here. Um, I'm not sure another coaching change is going to solve much, but uh, they're definitely not recruiting the same players that, uh, you know, their they're Clemson's, Florida's, Miami, uh, you know, opponents are uh, are recruiting. So their talent level is, is not going to get much better. And I'm not sure that uh, – that COVID Mike and his team can uh, can fix it anytime in the near future here. Um, speaking of losses, um, LSU, big loss to Mississippi State and Mike Leach in his first game in the SEC bringing the air raid. LSU lost, I believe, six coaches from last year's team, lost 14 starters, had a bunch of players opt out uh, this season as well. Uh, boys, we talked about LSU uh, a bit this season. We didn't think that they'd be as good. Did you think that they would be this bad, though? Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought I thought Ed, Ed Orgeron hit just gold last year with the offensive coordinator, uh, Joe Burrow. That transfer came in. Uh, they kind of struck gold. LSU was struggling with quarterback play before Joe Burrow got there for a while, even with less miles. So I think they'll get back into that funk. But also, my take from this, just watching we play Ole Miss and then watching Mississippi State play LSU, uh, SEC West guy. Deeper, we're adding those two offensive minds into that conference. It's going to be real interesting to see how all this play out. It's going to be real interesting. I mean, I know LSU always keep a stack of guys, and they, they, you know, a, a high quality SEC opponent. Uh, they, they just reload, but right now it don't look like they did too much reloading. Uh, they lost a lot of players to, to the draft and whatnot. And um, you know, you say what you want. I always thought Ed Ogeron was an average coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, now we kind of see we, we're going to see if he can be able to coach right now. You know, with the team that he has. I mean, last year he had a freaking all star team. Um, let's just see if, you know what he can do with what he has right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't anything else you would would look that bad. They just didn't look like a complete team. They didn't look like they knew what to do on defense. Uh, they got a pretty talented defense just in terms of uh, athleticism, and and they got absolutely carved up by that air raid. Uh, you know, some of the Mississippi State wide quoted and saying that LSU players told them they were, they were tired at halftime. So uh, Mississippi State, I think, is going to be a bit to reckon with. I think that, uh, you know, some of the SEC coaches will figure out that air raid, you know, partway through the season once they get some film on it uh, with their talent. But uh, Mississippi State might uh, upset some people this year just by uh, by by pure unexpected offense. So um, they're ready to go head to head. and, and, and well. 
Yeah, I don't yep. think I don't think I think Lane Kiffin. I mean, he's earned his stripes. Everybody know what Lane Kiffin brings to the table. He's an elite offensive mind. Mm-hmm. He just can't keep it together and, and put a program together. But as far as play calling, he's one of the best in the business. He saw, saw what he did at Bama. So, yeah, he's going to cause some problems in the West as well. Absolutely. Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit more about Ole Miss's game plan, but but definitely impressed uh, with them. And we, and we might see, uh, you know, a bit of a change in the guard with some of these new coaches coming in uh, this season, especially in kind of a weird season with no offseason. Who knows what could happen? Uh, finally, I want to talk about the, that Georgia game. They, uh, they ended up pulling one out uh, in the second half of that game. Uh, against Vanderbilt, but didn't look too good. Uh, they replaced their uh, their starting quarterback with a, a former walk-on, uh, and then JT Daniels magically gets cleared uh, this week. Um, Georgia overall, uh, not impressed by uh, their performance, even though they uh, the score said I, I think it was thirty-seven to ten or thirty-nine to ten uh, as the final. But uh, very, very um, unimpressed with Georgia, uh, and really like what Florida, um, you know, is matching up on the schedule this year. So. Yeah, I was I was I was definitely um, not impressed with Georgia. I didn't I didn't catch the second part of that game, but um, I, I think I tweeted and said I thought that that it, uh, the Braves was playing. I think the score was seven to five at halftime. So yep. um, you know a little bit unorthodox um, to see what they had going on on offense. I mean we're not really um, quarterbacks weren't, weren't making too many plays and offense was sputtering a lot. Uh, defense looked mediocre. So uh, I, I like our chances with, with everybody we got on our schedule. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, so. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't impressed with Georgia at all. Um, they they have no identity on offense still. They kind of sputtered their way through last year and, and got by off of just talent. But yesterday, it didn't look good, man. Um, I like our chances. There should be no excuse for us not to win the East this year. Just off of watching everybody that I saw on our schedule play. Uh, we'll talk about the South Carolina matchup as well in Tennessee coming up. But just watching everybody play. And watching how we came out of the gates game one. Now we got some stuff we need to fix too, but I think we just looked a lot better than a lot of people. And I think our continuity and keeping things in place and, and a lot of returning players at certain spots just got us looking good. Absolutely, and we're going to obviously talk a lot more about the Florida game here in a second. But you know, I think we, you know, we all three of us talked about it. You know, going into this season, continuity was going to be huge. George was replacing, uh, you know, their offensive coordinator. They struggled on offense. LSU was replacing a bunch. They struggled. You know, kind of all across the board. Um, you know, this season I think was either about continuity or creativity. And I don't think that Ed Orgeron or Kirby Smart are creative compared to to Mike Leach or uh, or Lane Kiffin. We saw both of them really shine. So it'll be definitely an interesting year, and I'm looking forward to. Uh, are looking forward, pardon me, to see what Florida is able to do uh, for the rest of the season. So let's get into uh, that talk, which I know everybody's super excited about. Um, Gator Talk, as always, is brought to you by our friends over at Roof Soldier. Roof Soldier is a veteran-owned company that specializes in all aspects of residential and commercial commercial roof replacement and repair. So whether you have experienced any recent roof leaks or damage or simply want to take advantage of having a free roof inspection, uh, give them a call at one eight seven seven roofs FL again, that's one eight seven seven roofs FL or visit them at roofsoldier.com. No roof repair or replacement is too big or too small. All right, guys, let's get into the Florida game. Before we do uh, that, want to go over just a, a few facts, uh, kind of stats, some dandy stats. We'll bring those back. We'll bring back dandy facts this week. Uh, excited to uh, to share some of these because there's some uh, some record breakers in there. Uh, Florida's 8.7 yards per play set a Gators record against an SEC opponent. Uh, the Gators' 446 passing yards are the most that they've had in a game since Tim Tebow's final game against Cincinnati in 2009. Kyle Trask now has the career completion rate, 
He's ranked number one of all Florida quarterbacks of all time with at least 100 passes. Uh, he's at 67.2%. Um, let's see what else. Kyle Trask, nine for 13 for 155 yards with three touchdowns uh, when Ole Miss blitzed him. And then let's see, three for four uh, for 104 yards and three touchdowns uh, for passes that were greater than um, than 20 yards. So really, really impressive uh, stuff by Kyle Trask. We'll get into some more uh, stats uh, that that show the positive on some of the negative stuff, some of the uh, negative stats there. Gene DeLance uh, allowed three quarterback hurries, which were more than uh, the rest of the offensive line uh, combined. Stone Forsyth was the uh, only one to allow a sack. Uh, Marco Wilson and Kyrie Elam um, allowed nine for 14 passes for 199 yards and a touchdown, um, including 93 yards after the catch. They also finished the game uh, with 22 missed tackles. So, boys, obviously a lot of positives, a few negatives. What are what are your thoughts um, from the game, Ahmad? Let's start with you. Um, I think it was a real good effort by the guys. I mean, uh, coming off of um, no spring ball, um, kind of of an up-in-the-air schedule, I think they went out and showed a lot of effort. Uh, for it, for it to be the first game, um, it's a lot of mistakes that we have to get um, fixed on offense and defense. I'll start with defense. When we got to start making um, tackling a, a little bit better, um, I think that um, we're waiting on tackles a little bit. We got to start going downhill and, and, and going to hit the ball. I think I seen a player too where uh, where David Reese uh, hit the quarterback um, and a quarterback. I, I think he he got a couple yards on on a run or whatnot and. I think we got similar similar uh, stuff. So just speaking on let's speak on the, the tackling real quick. So what do you? I mean, we had the same tackling thing game one last year. Um, I, don't, I can't remember how many games it took us to kind of get it cleaned up. Yeah. But you think is you? What do you think caused that? Am I from a uh, not physical camp or just we haven't played football uh, for a while? Like what? Do you, what, what, yeah. you think, what do you contribute so, that to? So I think I think it, it, it all comes down to repetition, right? So. Um, the more reps you get, obviously, with anything, you get better. Um, and I, I think, you know, not having a spring practice where that's when you can actually be physical because you kind of – you have it a little bit in camp, but you tone it down because you got a game, all right? You can't risk – you can't be in, in, in practice tackling people and stuff and you got a game too as well. Um, but, you know, you still rep it a little bit. You know, uh, I, I think it took probably about two or three games last year for us to kind of get in the mode to where we, we were really tackling people, man, but – um, like I said, well, we got to go downhill, man. We got to put our face on people. You know, Savage got us in the weight room for a reason, and, and we wear pads for a reason. So I don't, I don't understand why we're, we're hesitant to come down and tackle and hit. You know what I'm saying? And, Dean and, was with and, all the smoke. Right I give it to Dean. Dean was with all the smoke yeah. before us coming yeah, down yeah, and yeah. smacking people. Yeah, and Ventrell. That, that's what. It, yeah, right, Ventrell too. Yeah, but you know, like I said, we got to get more downhill, man. And also, man, on defense, man, the ball be in the air too much, man. We we got to make plays on the ball in the secondary. Um, is there's no no reason why who who Garvin Dexter lead lead the team in in, in interceptions? I, yeah, I, with one. What are we? Yeah, what are, what are we doing? All right, so you know, uh, got to make plays on the ball. Um, you know, that ball in the air, that it's ours. Um, on offense, um, it just looks like we're out of position to make plays on said balls, right? It's, right. it's never looked like we in position. We're always chasing or something. It's never like we're in position to just make a, a good it, it play got to on the ball. It got to a point once at one point um, that I almost panicked every time the ball was in the air. When that when that yeah. cameraman got to follow the ball in the air, I'm panicking because I don't know who 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 gonna come <laughs> down with it. I don't know if they're gonna be in the end zone wide open or what, bro. Yeah, when you know, the, when the when doing. the camera pans out, you know it's not necessarily a good oh, thing. Man. You I, know, I will I say this, and I know Dan Mullen said it, and we talked about it on this show. Um, 
they only had two live practice or two live practices with tackling. So um, since Virginia, so, you know, Dan Mullen thought the offense would be ahead of the defense just because of that, you know, the Navy uh, head coach said it after their first game, you know, I think that that's something that we're seeing. I think we saw a lot of points put up uh, this week, not a lot of great defense played, you know, across the SEC comparatively uh, to what we're used to seeing. So I think with some repetition, like you said, Ahmad, um, you know, I was a little disappointed that there was a lot of out of position type of stuff. It wasn't just missed miss tackles for making the wrong, um, you know, taking the wrong angle. It was a lot of just, it, they seemed to be out of position. The play that the guy scored a touchdown and it appeared to be on, on, on Kyrie. I have no idea what, what Steiner was doing there. I mean, he got caught up in a double move, but you just can't be out of position there. Like you got, you got to look at it like this though. If he, if he, if, if Steiner was, was doing what he's supposed to do, Kyrie got, uh, got to stay on top. If not, it kind of looked like Kyrie was supposed to stay outside. And and style yeah. supposed to be deep, right? You see what I'm saying? And that's what happened with Terry with Hendo last year, and people thought that Hendo right. got burnt, right. and that wasn't the case. Well, we just, like I said, you know, at halftime when we spoke, we don't all got to be on the right page, but we got to be on the same page, right? You know, it, it, you know, if, it, even if we call the wrong play, at least if we run the same thing, bro, we can we can survive. It's all about surviving to the next down, right? If we run the wrong play and they catch the ball, so what? They got good players and they got a quarterback. That that's gonna that's gonna be able to handle getting the ball out and, and completing passes sometimes. But we got to get the ball on the ground because you never know what can happen the next play. Bottom line, like at this point in time, these guys are veteran guys, right? Our safety is on babies. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's no excuse yeah. to be standing in the back that, and getting cooked. Yeah. There's no excuse. Mm-hmm. Back it's a lot of football that have been played back there, bro. Right. It, it, it's, it's nobody that we put out there and like, oh shoot. You know, it's their first year. Maybe one or two, but shit, they're surrounded by guys who done played a lot of football. It's right. No I mean, for that. outside of Rashard Torrance, and I don't really think anybody played a, a ton back in the uh, the backfield that wasn't already here for at least a season. Um, I was disappointed in the safety play. Uh, very disappointed. You know, I thought that this would be the year for for Donovan Snyder, and I know that we lost Sean Davis on the uh, the first drive, and I know that that's a huge you know game changer. But uh, you know, the fact that Florida didn't have much, I was kind of surprised Trey Dean didn't get more burned. To be honest with you, Ahmad, um, I thought that he, he played well when he was right. out there. Right. I think yeah, that that's his yeah. position. Um, so I was surprised. And, and I know that Florida was down Brad Stewart and um, um, and six, but, you know, I, w- I was expecting more out of Trey Dean um, or definitely expecting some more rotation from that position at least. Right. They, I mean, they rotated a ton last year, so <laughs> I, yeah. I, I would rather what see that than anything, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought Trey Dean looked good. Well, yeah. The room, we was all watching the game together. And when he came down here and smacked the guy, uh, and we thought it was a fumble at the time, that kind of set the tone. I was like, okay, now yeah. we see what the, we see what the muscles been doing this offseason, you know. Yeah. So I thought I thought yeah. he should have played more. Um, everybody need to get better on the back end, right? But yeah. at least he's coming down here smacking something. I, I I'm not even seeing the safeties fill in and smack nothing like that, man. So right. Yeah, I like the way that he uh, like the way that he played. Um, talk about the linebackers. You know, I think that we all we're all talking about. We talked a little bit about it in our little halftime uh, show. Ventral Miller, who uh, we'll talk about it here in a second, uh, won the SEC Defensive Player of the Week. Um, thought he got a little caught up in uh, in in pass um, in pass coverage, but uh, from a from a blitzing and from a, a run position, I thought Ventral played really well. Was kind of surprised we didn't see more out of a uh, you know Tyron Hopper and some of the other linebackers that we. Uh, that we were expecting, but what were your thoughts kind of in the uh, in the middle there? Yeah, I, I watched the um, this, 
I took a quick look at look at the snap counts, and we only played two backers the whole game. I think only Ventrell and Bernie played that back right. We got a little Diabate. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. They line Diabate up at uh, middle linebacker. Do I think you know? they line him up at um, weak side or at Buck. Well, okay. Yeah, I thought we would see more Hopper, um, and I think Ventrell played very well. It's just like like you said, he's not great with pass coverage. And I thought if we had some film on this team, I think Ventura would have been better if he could have prepared because he's a guy that's kind of prepared in the, in the past game because he's not super athletic like that. He's uh, he's not unathletic, but he's not a Hopper or a Diabate, one of those guys, or like a right. Bernie type. He's more of a traditional backer, but he came with some bad intentions and some violence, man. I enjoy watching Ventura Miller play this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. No, I was very surprised. Not a ton of uh, – and we're going to talk about it uh, – a little bit um just overall not as much um shifting out of players as i thought and we can talk about the defensive line real quick but the offensive line played the same five offensive linemen for the entire game outside of um some of the uh, the punt and uh, in kicking situations but every single offensive possession that the gators had they played the same five offensive linemen so kind of yeah. surprised with, with some of the uh the lack of uh, you know, subbing in and out that we kind of expected at offensive line and linebacker, both areas that Florida does have some, uh, some talent and albeit, you know, young. Um, want to give a shout out to, uh, to the young guy, Gervon Dexter, uh, leads the team in interceptions as Ahmad mentioned. Uh, freshman played a hell of a, uh, hell of a role on that, uh, that interception got off his block and was able to have great awareness and get that interception to shout out to him. Uh, Brenton Cox, um, as advertised, huh? Yeah, Brent Cox is uh, the yeah, real deal. Real deal. Man, I, I, I wonder. Did y'all see the, the – actually went back into the play that he knocked down on um, the pass and, and Dexter intercepted it. He jumped really, really high. Bro. High, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if y'all understand. Y'all yeah. understand how high this man oh, definitely, jumped definitely. That ball yeah, he jumped up high as hell. He's, a, he's one of those guys. <laughs> he's a guy guy. For sure. Sure. Um, I was wondering why Gravon Dexter started the first quarter. I thought he got some production like really pretty early, and then he kind of faded away. Kind of slowed down, like yeah. yeah did they didn't not put him in as much, or what? No, they they didn't play him nearly as much. He only had twelve um, total snaps in the game. Uh, Silk, you were right. Uh, Florida played the uh, same two linebackers the entire game, except for Cedric Brunson uh, played um, three total snaps. <laughs> Uh, but outside of that, no, nothing shows up on the uh, on the stat line except for a uh, a tackle or a stop, uh, and then obviously the interception for Gervon Dexter. So a little bit surprised that we didn't see uh, him get more uh, burned. But I thought from the uh, from the line, I thought Zach Carter played well, Brenton Cox played well, uh, Slayton uh, was able to eat up uh, the two guys in that nose tackle position. Uh, Marlon Dunlap got a lot more playing time than I thought that he would, um, and then Chris Bogle and Andrew Chatfield. Uh, also got Chatfield some burn the guy as well. Surprised me with his burn. I didn't, yeah. I didn't expect uh, Chatfield to see the field. We talked about this a little in the off season. Yeah, I didn't have him uh, in that rotation to get on the field like that, man. So, and he got busy. He was productive. Yeah, uh, Pro Football Focus ranked him as Florida's best pass rusher and uh, the second best player on defense. So, um, I know that we those stats don't necessarily mean a ton for you guys uh, and just overall. But uh, Andrew Chatfield, uh, big coming out uh, day for him. Uh, let's move to uh, to offense because I know we got a lot to talk about this. Um, 
obviously you can't really say enough about Florida. I think they punted just once in the, uh, in the game, but uh, really looked positive in all facets of the game. Uh, Kyle Trask uh, set the, uh, the UF, well, not set the UF record, um, had one of the highest uh, offensive performances from a UF quarterback in their history. Um, is that about what you expected from, uh, from Kyle Trask? Did he impress you more uh, or is that just about what you guys thought out of him? Yeah, man, I had us, what, about 700? Huh? Yeah, I think so I, you said 700. I think I had something crazy, like 700 total yards or something ridiculous, man. So I expected, like, some big numbers. Yeah, man, he definitely, uh, definitely looked good back there. I mean, I, I was impressed a little bit, man, with, with, with some, of the, for the, some of the pass blocking as well, man. He had a little bit of time okay. back there sometime to, to, to complete some of those uh, third and mid, mid-down situations. Right. Um, those those are some of the kind of the, the times where he liked to hold the ball a little bit more, you know. Um, I saw him get the ball out of his hand a little bit more um, and better this this year. Um, in game one, hopefully he uh, continues to do that and not let the defenders come swipe the ball out of his hands this year. Yeah, um, I thought that he played really really well. Um, you know, eleven players caught passes from him. Uh, Kyle Pitts, obviously, being his number one target, uh, who had eight catches. Uh, four of them were for first downs, and four of them were for touchdowns. Um, ties the SEC record for most uh, for most touchdowns in their uh, SEC uh, opener uh, was six with um, uh, with Joe Burrow from last season. So, all in all, very very impressive by Kyle uh, about what we thought. Don't want to spend too much time on him. Was named the Reese Senior Bowl uh, Player of the Week on offense, college football. Uh, performance awards named him the national performer of the week for week four. Uh, so all in all, just shout out to Kyle Trask. Uh, let's talk about the run game guys. Um, you know, Naquan Wright, uh, Malik Davis and Damian Pierce all got quite a bit of burn back there. Uh, were you impressed by anybody in particular, or did they all kind of bring different things to the table in, in, in all of them impression in different ways or. I, I feel like all of them impressed me, you know, in, in different ways. I, I like uh, Naquan back there. He looks like he was a little bit slimmer than last year. Looked like he, he moving a little bit quicker, um, turning up the field and, 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 and you know, um, lateral movement a little bit quicker. Um, Malik showed a little bit of toughness. He was putting his head down and getting between the tackles and whatnot. And, um, you know, Pierce, I've I seen him hit the sideline a, a time or two and, and looked like he's speedy and, and strong uh, running the ball. So uh, I'm excited to see his rotation, man. I, um, I was a little bit surprised to see no Lingard, but – you know, maybe he won't perform in the practice and whatnot, or you know, whatever, whatever it is. So, um, but again, I was excited to see the three that we had, and uh, I'm excited to see what they got in the future. Yeah, I think Florida has a tell. I think when Naquan Wright's going to be out there, that they're going to get him the ball, or he's going to be in pass rush. I mean, he was out there uh, for more pass rush, or um, pardon me, more passing plays, and out there for pass blocking than any other. Uh, running back that Florida has. So I don't know if that's a little bit of a tell or if that's just a coincidence, but uh, I thought all of them played well. I thought that Naquan right outside of Kadarius Tony probably had the juke of the game uh, there when he got the, uh, when he caught that pass from Kyle Trask, but all in all, very, very impressive group. Um, I think as long as Florida's offensive line can continue to block well, and I want to get your guys thoughts. Maybe we can talk about that next on the offensive talk about line. Running a little bit. I, yeah, I, was yeah. shocked, I was shocked that um, Malik Davis got the most carries. Okay. Uh, that was shocking. And then on the depth chart today, they released it. Malik Davis first and not Damian Pierce. I thought all of them looked good. I thought Damian Damian Pierce, uh, I think he dropped the pass out of the backfield. Yep. Malik Davis showed like right out right out the gate. He can run slants. He can do a lot of different things. And he's looking like he's back a little bit, man. So I thought all three of them looked really good, man. And I think that's yep. gonna be a three-headed monster. 
Absolutely. I was talking to Larry on who's an FSU fan and, or uh, pardon me, a Miami fan uh, who was there uh, this weekend. And and he said he doesn't see, you know, and, and maybe he has some, uh, he has some salt in his wounds about Lorenzo Lingard uh, transferring, but he just, he doesn't necessarily see how Lorenzo Lingard gets on the field. And after watching that, um, you know, Lorenzo Lingard, you know, might get on the field a little bit this season, but I think I, I'm pretty confident in Florida's ability to have that, that three headed running back uh, situation going on back there. Uh, I think Florida has a ton of weapons. Um, in the, uh, the running back room. And I think they all bring something a little bit different to the table. Uh, so I'm excited to see what that group can do. I think that you're going to probably see less Damian Pierce than we advertised at the beginning of the season or in the off season, a little bit more Malik Davis. And I, and I think Naquan Wright probably I think, as well. I think, I think with Malik and Damian Pierce, each game with yeah, Barry. I think it's going to be like a game plan type situation. Right. Right. I yep. think uh, that was the game plan was, was the flank. Uh, do some more things in the past game with a running back. But if we got to go downhill and, and grind a game out or, or just – I thought we should have ran the ball a little bit more just to – they were scoring too fast. You know what I'm saying? Like, give my defense a break, then. You know? Like, I thought at yeah. some point in time, we can't turn yeah. this into a boat race with safety that's already struggling. So I was like, man, let's just run the ball, control the clock, because we can run the ball on these boys. So let's run the ball, drain them, tire them out. You know what I'm saying? Let's play some old SEC football. That turned into a Big 12 match for a little, a little minute there. So I think we want to see that appearance run down, throat, run down uh, teams' throats uh, more this fall. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, I'm excited, though. Uh, like I said, you're, you're – you're, Guy that's going to be in there for a lot more pass blocking was Naquan Wright. Was impressed with him uh, and what he did. So excited to see what we're going to see out of that group. And and Selk, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. I think it's going to depend on you know where Florida's at, what they've been able to uh, to predict, what kind of uh, you know holes they see or potential gaps that they see in uh, in opponents' defenses. But I think all three bring something different to the table. So I'm excited to see what that group uh, might be able to do. Um, offensive line, um, I thought played all right. Uh, Brett Hagee was named offensive lineman of the week. Uh, he filled in at that center role. Uh, and I thought that he did, I thought he did really well. And I thought that the left side of that line uh, played really, really strong. I thought Stuart Reese looked okay uh, playing his first game there at right guard. I thought he was a little bit slower uh, than maybe some of the, uh, the other offensive linemen that we have um, had a little bit of trouble at times uh, protecting uh, against some of the defensive line rush Um and then Gene Delance, guys, I, I just I, I hate calling people out by name, but uh, that's a that's a weak side that Florida has right now. Um, and until Ethan White comes back, that that's a liability back there. Yeah, I definitely saw a few players where we we definitely uh, missed assignments. Um, I don't know if, if if you know that's come from the lack of getting reps there, Dan, or or we just you know just um, you know it's mental assignments that we we know we can we can. You know we can block and we're just not doing it um but definitely uh i, I got my all, all my my uh chips and heavy's hands to, to get these guys better week in and week out and I'm, again i'm excited to see what it where we go from moving forward um ethan white should be back when dan when is he coming back uh, a couple weeks uh dan mullen's keeping that one close to the uh close to the chest i'm you I know that's off my football field cause... yeah you know um ahmad i i agree i mean gene delance has been in college for i think this is his fourth year um right now um fourth or fifth year right now um i'm just not seeing it uh, pro football focus had him ranked as you know florida's you know worst performer uh worst starter um both on offense and run blocking and in pass blocking uh, i just don't think the florida uh i i don't think that gene delance fits a role on florida's offensive line I'd rather just go at this point the way he whiffs give me a younger guy with just more talent right it's nothing. It's nothing like disrespectful to him. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -mm. 
not putting himself. No, this isn't personal. Right. Not personal at all. But the way he whiffs, like that, could be potentially dangerous, man. I just want to put somebody that that at least is not going to whiff or look lost. Right. You talked about it before. I don't know if it's just. I'm not an offensive line guru, so I don't know if I'm missing something. But it just looks like he's lost a lot. He he seems to to have trouble picking up, you know, what his protection is. And I know the tackle position can be tough because you could be picking up the end, you could be picking up a um, uh, a linebacker, you could be picking up a safety or a, a cornerback, you could be picking up you know, a variety of different things. You could be pulling, you could be doing a lot of different things. Um, I just don't see him doing a lot of good things. Well, I'm very surprised. I think that this is the the thing that surprised me the most when I was writing my article for Gator country yesterday was kind of looking at the snap counts that Florida didn't change anybody on their offensive line. They didn't give anybody uh, some burn back there. Even later in the game when Florida was up, I'm so I'm kind of surprised that Kyle Trask played the whole game, kind of surprised a lot of the team played the whole game, but I'm very, very surprised that they didn't rotate anybody else uh, out, especially with, you know, the number of plays that Florida had. And I'm just not seeing it. You know, I thought Stone Forsyth played really pretty well. I thought Richard Garage was probably your best offensive lineman in my opinion, um, but I can get why, um, uh, Brett Hagee, you know, won the award as well. I thought that he played well. Um, and even Stuart Reese, you know, he, he didn't play perfectly, but I thought he had some great protection. I just, I'm struggling on that, that right side of the, uh, the offensive line. And I'm just, I'm not seeing it get any better under Gene Delance. And I've been seeing this, what we're 14, 15 games into this experiment. It's just, sometimes it's just, it, sometimes you just have to move on or give somebody else a shot. I agree with you uh, with that, but overall, I'm not mad at my offensive line play at all. I thought they, they no. gave us a, a lot of room in the run game to get busy. A lot a more than last year. I thought uh, Damian Pierce could have broke a couple outside when he got, you know what I'm saying, going in, into yeah. the hole. Yeah. We, just, it, we talked about that, man. You got to yeah. have a more vision. I don't know. Right. I, don't know. So I thought – some vision to get up out of there. Correct. I thought the offensive line provided some good space, some good protection and time, uh, especially in game one, considering what we saw last year. I felt good. I'm optimistic about the offense, and I do want want to see one of the young boys maybe step up or, or shuffle something around to get Gene Delance out of there, though. Yeah, oh, absolutely. All right, boys, let's talk about uh, tight ends, and we'll talk about wide receivers while we're doing that. Um, Kyle Pitts, you know, all-star performance, pro football focus. Pro football focus, pardon me, named him the national player of the week. Um, like I said, eight catches, four touchdowns, four first downs. Uh, Kadarius Toney, a lot of north-south running. Uh, Jacob Copeland had a couple balls thrown his way. Trevon Grimes uh, with a touchdown. Like I said, 11 players uh, caught a ball for the Gators this week. Uh, your thoughts on the receiving core offensive uh, – or pardon me, and, uh, and tight end group, guys. I mean, they, 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 were, they were extraordinary. Um, Pitts made hell of a plays. Uh, I like what he, he made plays and, and, and extend plays um, by breaking tackles. Um, he's a big body, um, so it's going to be harder to, to, to guard him. Um, and, you know – uh, you got to have guys like Gamble and Zipper to come in to, you know, kind of offset things as well. I, we need to help them to help in pass blocking. Um, we need Pitts to get better in pass blocking. Um, but ultimately, uh, get better as a, as a unit um, every week. And, uh, you know, that's going to be Trash's uh, security blanket. I think our wide receiver room is probably the best in the country. Somebody got to prove me wrong. Um, I don't know how many quarterbacks as far as versatility got more weapons than, than Kyle Trash has. Um Watching Xavier Henderson and Whit and Whitmore get out there as as young pups and, and be very productive in that rotation. Justin Shorter, Copeland, Kadarius Tony can actually run routes now and, and killing people with the route tree. I don't I don't see I don't I don't know who has a better 
array of weapons than, than Kyle Trash, bro. We got to make a run with these weapons. Guys, I'm going to throw this out there. Um, I wasn't always his biggest fan, but I think that Kadarius Tony might be your most improved player on your offensive side of the ball. Absolutely. Off of um, game one, sure. sure. Yeah, from, from, from what we've seen thus far, which isn't a ton. Um, I mean, I saw him juking people running north-south, right? Not a lot of east-west running. I saw him make some smart decisions um, right. in, the, in the kick return and the punt return game um, as well. Uh, he almost lost one there when he slipped. But, you know, I thought that he was probably the Gators' most improved player. I uh, was really, really impressed with what we saw in him. Five catches, 59 yards. Um, but a lot of those yards were after the catch. So, so shout-out to him. Uh, Trayvon Grimes is your big weapon. Three catches, 64 yards. And then you can't say enough uh, about uh, what Kyle Pitts did. Eight receptions, 170 uh, yards, uh, just absolutely incredible. But like you said, so Trent Whittemore did a lot of your dirty work. Um, Keon Zipper had a catch. Xavier Henderson uh, out right. there. Justin Shorter was out there. Um, excited to see what this group is. And, and that's not even everybody, right? There's a couple people that are missing uh, from that stat sheet that, uh, that played or are going to play. So excited about that group. And I don't want to. I don't make. I don't want to make light of the like the type of balls Kyle Trash was throwing out there either. Um, he catches a lot of flack for his arm strength and a lot of things, bro. He was throwing some big boy back shoulder throws. We went vertical a little bit. It looked a little different than last year. You know what well, I'm saying? He looked. He looked a lot more comfortable with that uh, that back shoulder throw too, as well. He sure does. He's been practicing it, and you know, um, a, a little bit uh, better timing with the younger guys. I think he messed up one pass with Xavier Henderson on the back, mm -hmm. back shoulder, but that's a young guy. They got to build that relationship, right? Um, you know, but we, yeah. we, we get that back shoulder throw, man. It's going to be dangerous for people. On passes that were were more than 20 yards in the air. He was four for five for 126 yards, four touchdowns, um, and had like 157 NFL QB yeah. rating, right? So about as perfect as you can be on, on passes that were over 20. And we talked about it, arm um, accuracy was never the concern. It was always arm strength. And so the ability to do that, you know, Florida has a lot of players that have the ability to not only get downfield quickly to be able to hit that ball, uh, but have the ability to make a lot of players miss after that. So as long as Kyle Trask can be, you know, perform similarly to what he did, you know, Florida's going to put up, you know, 35, 42 points every game. There's not a defense that concerns me except for maybe Georgia that could hinder Florida's ability to put up, you know, 35-plus points a game. Yeah, Georgia's better get ready to get in the shootout. But, um, yeah, Kyle got to be in the Heisman race at this point. I've seen him on several watch lists. If he's not on the watch list, that person's probably drunk, man. So we got, we got a guy that's going to be in the thick of this thing throughout the season if, if he stays healthy and everything keeps going right, man. So yep. – it's another thing to cheer for, bro. When we're back in the Heisman running and we're back in the playoff talking, we got spreads by 21 and 17 and crazy Ooh. stuff like that. That's, that's good vibes, man. I'm here for it. I'm here for You know, Kyle Pitts might be in the Heisman race, too, if he's able to keep up some of his performance as well. I know a tight end has never won and Kyle Pitts probably won't win. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, you know, Kyle Pitts is as good as any player in the country right now. So uh, to shout out to him. Uh, let's go through it. Uh, maybe right, an right. Let's, talk, let's, let's talk a little bit. Uh, if you go into Emory. Uh, no, I wasn't, but we can. Yeah, before we get off quarterback, because I thought I thought Emory came in. I thought uh, on that first play, I was glad that Dan, Dan did give him a, a, a throwing play on the first play because everybody know he can run the ball. We want to see different stuff. He got hit. I, I was suspect on the throw before he got hit throwing it. It looked a little weird getting set up when they moved the pocket like that. I was like, what's going on here? But um, he threw that interception. Uh, the best thing I thought was when the next series started back, Dan Mullen threw him right back out there and, and, and let him get a couple more reps. 
Well, outside of that throw, I thought he looked good, man. Uh, he had some good runs, and he made another good throw to, I think, Trayvon Grimes, I yep. believe it was. Yep. And he he opens that team for for running. No matter what, you have yeah. to prepare for him to run. He could throw the ball 40 times in a row in a game. You still have to prepare that Emory Jones can take off and run. And he opened up some holes when he was out there for the running back. I think that he has a role. Um, I still am going to stick by my – you know, my, my preseason prediction that he only gets about maybe 10, 12% of the snaps this year, just because I think Kyle Trask is going to, you know, earn those, you know, meaningful game snaps. Um, but I thought when he was out there, it was a good change of pace. And, and I think that Dan Mullen's going to use him no matter how well Kyle Trask is doing this year. Yeah. Right. Um, I, yeah, it, it, I, again, that's going to be a, a game plan type deal. Um, depending on who we play and how they play defense and whatnot is, is definitely going to um, depend on, you know, it, how many minutes he, he get or plays he get in the game. Um, yeah, he I, 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 and got some. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, bro. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying he definitely came in and got some good runs in, man, and uh, uh, definitely moved the chains. And um, you know, we we all excited for 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 him to come in and run, but ultimately, um, we're gonna need him to pass for us to be successful. As amazing as those 50 points look, I'm pretty sure Dan kept it vanilla. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of trickery. There wasn't a lot of outside. Florida didn't really need to do much against Ole Miss's defense to uh, to put up uh, to put up the fifty one points. Um, I still think that there's a lot more that we see uh, out of uh, out of Emory Jones and out of a lot of the talent that Florida has, especially speed with Copeland and and Kadarius Tony and, and Xavier Henderson and the rest of the gang. So. Guys, I'm excited to see it. Before we get into uh, kind of players of the game, a couple other stats for you. Gators had 32 first downs in this game. It's the fourth time they've done that under Dan Mullen. Previously did it just three times between 2009 and 2017. One of the other things that I wanted to highlight, I looked up by uh, this one. Uh, Florida only had four penalties in the game. It's a, They've gone 21 straight games with less than 10 penalties um, in a game, which I think is incredible. I think when you watched – uh, Muschamp football, when you watch McElwain football, Florida was plagued by penalties. Um, I think coming off of not playing for nine months uh, with no real spring practice, uh, not a ton of fall and summer practice, uh, to be able to come out there and only have four um, four penalties is, is pretty impressive. Uh, and I also want to give a shout-out to Evan McPherson. Went three for three with kicks. Uh, I think he had a 52-yarder in this game, now 37-41 in his career, and is officially the most accurate kicker in Florida Gators history in both field goals and extra point um, success. Uh, so with all that being said, let's do an offensive player and a defensive player of the, uh, of the game. So we'll start hey, with you. Uh, Nick, Nick Delatore Hive and, and McPherson, man. <laughs> hey, that's a big boy kick. Yeah, that was a big boy kick. And he had some we extra had yards on that too. Yeah, we had another first down on that though. I think we can go from the 50, but, uh, some crazy. <laughs> you know I mean? I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Uh, shout out to Jacob Finn too. I think he only had one punt, but it was a hell of a punt. And I know that, uh, that Nick Delatore was probably, uh, you know, three sheets to the wind when he saw that punt. So. No, I'm impressed by the kicker, man. It feels good to have a, a, a big leg back there. It you sure know? does. It sure does. All right. So give us your uh, offensive player of the game, and then maybe a defensive player of the game. Uh, offensive player game. I mean, you, you go either cow, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go Kyle Trask, man. Okay. Um, it's a lot of touchdowns. <laughs> it's a lot of touchdowns. <laughs> Shout out to Brian Johnson. First game calling the plays. Sets SEC records, you know? Did he officially call the plays or is he just OC? Do you know that? I, I don't know. Nah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just making shit up. You know that. You're putting out crazy stuff on the Everybody's involved in the play caller. Yeah. Hey, Dan Mullen said he called plays, so I said he called plays. There you go. There you go. He knows. Now, what about what about on the yeah. defensive side of the ball? 
Uh, defensive side of the ball, um, Ventrell Miller. It's easy. I could have went Brent Cox too, but I'm gonna go Ventrell. I, I I think this week right here. I mean, yeah, you had a lot of guys like I said giving a lot of effort, but I think it's, it's in black and white who the, who the player the player of the game was on both sides of the ball. I mean, again, you can go either Kyle on both sides or quarterback or tight end, or and 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 you and you know on defense, you know you got to go with the obvious. You got to go with Ventrell Miller. So. Um, but yeah, Brent Cox has had, had a great Brent game. Has, yeah, Brent Cox yeah. has. Yeah, he did have some good plays too. But um, you know, ultimately, like I said, I love the guy's effort. Um, you know, I, I, I look to have plenty um, different players of the games each week, man, and that that'll be good for the Gators if we we got a variety of guys stepping up every week. Who surprised y'all? Yeah, um, I'm gonna go Kyle Trask, and I'm gonna go Brenton Cox. Okay. Um, gotcha. No, you're yeah. you're good. You're good. Um, Surprise! Uh, well, then I'll start with who surprised me. I'm going to go Andrew Chatfield. Surprised me on defense. Uh, I thought that he played exceptionally well. Uh, he was able to get unbelievable uh, pass rush, and I think that he's a uh, he's a great player. And I think that he's not going to play a ton. That when he goes out there, he's going to be fresh. And I think that he's going to go out there and make a uh, a ton of noise out there. Uh, and then I'm going to go with Kadarius Tony. Like I said at the beginning of the show or middle of the show, I wasn't too high on him going into the year. I just thought that he was a very much an East West runner. Uh, ran 80 yards to often get four. Uh, this this week he. Uh, he really did an, an incredible job. So uh, I'm going to go check out the joke on SoundCloud just to uh, give him an extra listen for his, uh, right, his performance this week. What about you, Oman? I show love to the mixtape. Okay, okay. I, I'm, with, I'm with you, Dan. I, I like the Joker, man. The Joker came out, and, and we already know he's explosive. Um, I thought he was going to break another one. And I'm saying, okay, this, this back-to-back year is the first game of the season. He's breaking one. You know what I'm saying? And he made that little ugly move that he made at the end. So remember that? Yeah, Ellis said, "Why, why Tony run like he getting chased by a dog, like a dog biting at his look, ankles?" He made like an ugly move and got tackled. But, uh, but, but all in all, man, uh, it's gonna be really, 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 extremely hard to guard him in a slot. I don't see many people guard him in a slot. Um, uh, Freddie Swain, you know, took advantage of a lot of linebackers in the slot last year. Um, um, when they try to go man or, or you know across the board, and you got you got a, a big linebacker trying to guard. Uh, Kadarius Tony in space. It's going to be real difficult for him. Um, uh, but on, on defense side of the ball, uh, I'm going to say Gervon Dexter. I didn't expect Gervon to come in there, man, and just erupt the offensive line and get in the backfield a few times. And I think on one play um, when he had a tackle for loss, the tight end was supposed to come across and probably block him. And the tight end didn't want no parts of that. So, um, and, you know, I, I hope that Gervon gets more than 12 uh, snaps uh, this game coming up. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, Whitmore on offense. Got some dog in him. You know what I'm saying? I like the way I he like it, that bro. I like, I like the gym rat, guys. I like it. I like it. My fuck is a gangster. Uh, he <laughs> catch that bubble screen. He's taking off with, 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 with some different type of intentions and, and type of energy, man. And uh, he's a gamer. That that first down, he dove and reached for like I've been I like hearing that. some things, and he was in the rotation. But, and yeah, the Jick, Jick going to be all right. And we can't make a, a national championship run without a white wide receiver. You know there what I'm saying? Go. It's notified. Here for it. I sure do. <laughs> Let's go. All right, boys. Uh, shout out. I oh, think we yeah, Gravon. Gravon. I didn't expect Gravon to get busy that fast. I was mad that he didn't get more snaps. So what the hell happened, you know, coach? I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. I think we've mentioned most of the shout-out to Ventro Miller, SEC Defensive Player of the Week, Brett Hagee, Offensive Lineman of the Week. We already talked about Kyle Pitts and Kyle Trask's awards. Florida ranked number three in the AP and the coaches uh, poll. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Clemson and Alabama. We still got, got a lot of work to do. Up now. Yeah, we still got a lot of work to do. Yeah. I, 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 me personally, I, I don't know. We rose up a little bit too fast right now, man. There's no such thing. For my liking, for my liking, sir. Pressure come with the logo, Black. And for my liking, I don't Pressure know. come with the logo, I know Black. I know we're going to handle business, though, so I ain't really too worried. You know I expect us to be a top three program. So when they not, I'm just like, we need to get our shit together. There, there's no part of Florida's team, because I think the defense gets better, that doesn't tell me they're not a top five, potentially top three team. Right, they've got the quarterback play. They've got the depth at running back. They've got the weapons at wide receiver. They've got the best tight end in college football. They've got great ability to get to the to the quarterback on uh, on pass rushing um, and uh, and run blocking. You know, the linebackers are going to improve. I think. I think the safety play is going to improve. Cornerbacks are locked down, especially when you have those other things thriving. Offensive line will get a little bit better when Ethan White gets in. No part of that team to me, especially after got, watching. And we got. A white wide receiver. And we got a white wide receiver. That's it's right. And we it's got an rap. automatic kicker, too. And we got one of the best <laughs> coaches, right? So, like, I'm Absolutely. not trying to be a homer, right? Like, I know people think that they listen to this podcast. It's like, oh, it's three fans talking. At the end of the day, we'll be honest about Florida. Um, this team is good. Um, this team will get better. And I don't think that there's a coach that Florida is going to go against that will outcoach Dan Mullen. And I don't think that there's a team that top to bottom is as developed or as talented as Florida is right now. It's a game of football, and I had us in, in the preseason as, as losing one game, slipping up somewhere. I hope we go undefeated. We never had an undefeated season. So that still could happen. Um, we, could, we could have a bad day. We'll know. This COVID going to do us a lot of, a lot of factors right. to play in 2020, man. A lot of long ways to go. And we didn't speak about Moon being out for the COVID, and he'll be back this week too. That should help us out as well. I wonder how that affects uh, Chatfield's playing time and whatnot. We'll see. But – um. Yeah, we just got to play a lot of things by it. But right now, I love everything I've seen Saturday as far as um, my football team. If it, if it comes to a boat race, I know we we ready to do a boat race. We saw that last year with LSU that we ready to shoot it out. And then we started right off clicking on all cylinders, ready to shoot it out. So Absolutely. kill a cow and the kill us. I'm with it. Uh, so Florida plays uh- – South Carolina this week, first home game in the Swamp this season, allowing 17,000 fans, 15,000 alumni, and 2,000 students. Kyrie Campbell and Brad Stewart are back on the depth chart. Brad Stewart's going to be backing up uh, C.J. McWilliams at the star position. Uh, We learned that that starting at the star position uh, in other positions doesn't necessarily mean that you will actually be starting there. And then Kyrie Campbell (laughs) is going to be backing up. uh, Teradol Slayton at uh, nose tackle. Dan Mullen did have a press conference uh, today, uh, on Monday, uh, just a couple of notes. He thought that offenses will be ahead of defenses early on. Uh, he gave credit to Ole Miss. He expects a much better defense for UF for the rest of the season. He thinks that the defensive struggles were due to, one, a good Ole Miss offense, which we agree is going to be, a, I think, a, a really solid group this year. Four starters weren't playing and no spring practices uh, put uh, offenses ahead of defenses. Now that they're back in game mode, I expect us to be much better defensively. So we've got Brad Crawford from 247 Sports to come on to talk about the Florida USC game. And before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friend Lee Friedland of the law firm of Friedland and Associates who truly cares about the people. He handles auto accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, criminal matters, and personal injury cases in every jurisdiction within the state of Florida. Lee's a double grader graduating from UF undergrad and law school and bleeds orange and blue 
give him a call at 1-800-95-INJURED or visit his website at yourfighthourbattle.com. Again, Lee Friedland, 1-800-95-INJURED or yourfighthourbattle.com. Let's get Brad Crawford on the line and chop it up about South Carolina. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Join us for the first time on Stadium and Gale is National College Football Analyst for 24-7 Sports, Brad Crawford. Also noted beard aficionado. Very jealous. Brad, how are you doing this evening? Thank you all for having me, man. It's uh, good that we're talking about SEC football and not COVID-19. That's right, man. That's right. Brad, I want to talk to you a little bit about South Carolina. Um, you know, they were in a, uh, a bit of a, uh, a battle this, uh, this past weekend against Tennessee. Talk to us about South Carolina, what we can expect about, you know, with Colin Hill, uh, anything changed with Mike Bobo and the offense of South Carolina, but talk to us a little bit about South Carolina and what Florida might be looking at. Yeah. You know, this is Will Muschamp's fifth season uh, coming off his worst season in Columbia at, at four and eight. Um, he's on his third OC. I know Florida fans, know a little bit about that during Muschamp's tenure. Just never could get the offense going in Gainesville. And it's kind of been the same issue, man, in Columbia during his tenure. He brought in Mike Bobo from Colorado State. Obviously, he's a balanced OC. Um, SEC fans remember him from his Georgia tenure. Spent a lot of time with Martin Rick. And mainly the thing coming into this season, especially last week's opener against Tennessee, was uh, just, just trying to get the running backs more involved. South Carolina threw more passes than any team in the SEC last season, even Joe Burrow and LSU. Uh, kind, of, kind of surprising there for a four-win team. So in in the season opener, Gamecocks could not get anything going on the ground. I think they averaged 2.8 yards a carry. Colin Hill, Colorado State transfer, just like Bobo. Um, he's a graduate guy. He's had three ACL surgeries on his right knee. That's his plant foot. And in the Ooh. opener, he, uh, he, he looked pretty good, threw for almost 300 yards. Um, did throw a pick six. It was kind of on the wide receiver, but um, there was sort of a battle during fall camp between Colin Hill and Ryan Helensky last year's freshman starter. And from, from what I've been told, all the guys on the staff and, and in Columbia, man, Muschamp likes Ryan Helensky. Mike Bobo likes Colin Hill. And Muschamp said, I'm giving the offense to Mike Bobo. So here it is. So, yeah, they Tennessee won 31-27, kind of a – uh, strange ending. Three minutes left. Gamecocks facing the fourth down. That was awful. <laughs> awful. 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 And, what are we? And, what are we doing, Brad? Man, my 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 Gamecock Twitter lit up. Um, you know. Oh my God. Muschamp made a one possession game. A one possession game. Uh, it didn't make a lot of sense. But being being conservative is is him mo. You know, he's he hasn't changed in in a decade of being a head coach in the SEC. So, you know, it it came back to bite Carolina after. You know, a they they forced a punt and the punt went off a guy's foot. So I wouldn't want for the Gamecocks. And now they come into Gainesville as a twenty point dog. That, that that's about where my numbers have it. Um, Florida's pretty much better at every position, in my opinion. And you know, of the of the four times that Muschamp has faced Florida at South Carolina, um, I would say that this is probably his least talented team. Interesting. Talk to us about uh, about defense. Obviously, with Will Muschamp, you can always expect you know pretty good defensive performance. Uh, let up what three hundred ninety four yards, uh, two hundred sixty one through the air, one hundred thirty three rushing. Um, obviously, ended up giving up thirty one points. But but what is that defense? Uh, who should Florida be looking at on that defensive side of the ball? Yeah, South Carolina has two potential first rounders on that defense, and that's J.C. Horn at one of the cornerback spots, and 
Israel Mukuamu at the other one. Um, Izzy got hurt the other night, had a had a growing pull in the first quarter. He's kind of day-to-day. Muschamp says he will play against Florida. So South Carolina is really strong at the two cornerback spots, probably their uh, best position group on defense. At, at both the safety spots, they're, they're pretty weak. Um, gave up a few big plays on Saturday night against Tennessee. Uh, linebackers could be better. And and the defensive front four, Muschamp's pretty happy about. Um, Zach Pickens, a former five-star. You know, we, we had him. I think he was a composite five for us at 24-7 Sports last year. He's a sophomore now. He's, he's now kind of a spot starter at D-tackle. And then Jordan Birch, um, he's a guy that every team in the SEC just about offered. He was a top 25 player, a defensive end type linebacker hybrid. He's playing the buck spot for South Carolina. He did not start against Tennessee, but he played a, a pretty good healthy amount of snaps, and I think he had a TFL. So uh, Gamecocks aren't really star-driven on the defensive side of the ball, but they've got three or four guys who could who could give Florida's offense some issues. What what identity do you think Mike Bobo wants to take over the offense? I I rewatched the um the Tennessee game again. I'm just trying to see. I know they throw to the back side of the backfield a lot, a lot of slants. For sure. Um, do you think the quarterback struggles? I think he struggled a little bit throwing the ball downfield. What type of offense are they really trying to run there? Yeah, one of the big issues, man, against Tennessee was uh one of one of the tackles just just had a really bad game. Uh Colin Hill got got put on his back a few times early and he Sort of was timid in the first half. Had some had some quick feet because of Tennessee's pass rush. You know, you you look at South Carolina's receivers group, man. It's probably the weakest they've had in uh, maybe a decade or so. Um, Shy Smith caught ten balls for 140, and outside of that, I think one other receiver had had four catches, and the rest of the reception were all from running back. So they don't they don't have much depth at wide out. Uh, Luke Doty's a four star quarterback signee that has played mainly wide receiver snaps during camp. Uh, he had a DMP Saturday night, but Muschamp said yesterday that uh, he will play against Florida. Just just trying to get some new guys on the field, um, kind of see what Bobo has in terms of playmakers. The carry-on joiners, another former quarterback the Gamecocks have, who's a small little quick guy, a lot like Kadarius Tony. Hasn't hasn't had the production Tony's had, but um, Gamecocks have talent on offense, but a lot of it's unproven, and like I said, that – that wideout spot's a little bit weak right now. Um, Bobo just, you know, wants to have a balanced offense. Gamecocks ran 79 plays in week one. I think 35, 35 rush, uh, 39 pass, somewhere around there. So pretty balanced. But but like you said, man, uh, a lot of the passes were screens in the flats, you know, easy easy kind of check down routes to, to kind of get uh, Colin Hill involved. But Gamecocks want to run the ball first. And, you know, if, if they can't get more than three yards of carry in Gainesville, it, it might be a rough afternoon. Yeah, they got. They definitely got to stay ahead of the chains. Do you think um, the Muschamp defense? He likes to shorten games. He likes to scheme to, to kind of shorten it to, to play in his favor, get it to one possession late. Do you think there's any way that defense could kind of just uh, keep them around? Yeah, I think some of Muschamp's biggest wins at South Carolina. You know, notably the win over Georgia last year in Athens, where they you know turned Jake Fromm over four times. That was kind of an ugly win too. I think the final was either 20 to 17 or 23 20 and it was a defense driven game Gamecocks had a defensive touchdown they had a couple key stops with a from on on fourth down and you know winning ugly is the recipe for success if the Gamecocks go into Gainesville and either you know cover or or get an outright win obviously will this game means a little bit more to him you know facing his former team but Gamecocks just have to avoid turnovers I think it was 
uh, minus one the other night. Gamecocks did not turn Tennessee over, which any game involving Jarrett Garantano, if you cannot get a turnover, you didn't do your job. Right. Hey, Brad, um, I know we, we speak on uh, my champ's uh, defense a lot. Um, talk to us a little bit about their defense. Is there more of a man coverage, or what type of defense do they play? Yeah, they, they run man as long as both those two corners are healthy. Like I said, J.C. Horn is a former four-star signee. Uh, Joe Horn's son, uh, the the ex New Orleans Saints wide receiver from uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, yeah, he put he put out he's put out his phone, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's him. <laughs> football, we're we're all about the same age on this podcast, so I, I, I'm sure we remember that. But uh, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. JC's a very good cover guy, and and like I said, they're they're real young at the safety spot. So so you know, Will's not doing a lot of safety blitzes. He doesn't he doesn't bring those guys uh, to the line of scrimmage much. Just you know, worrying about getting beat deep. One of the big things about Will Muschamp's defense is um, outside of that long completion Tennessee had to Josh Palmer the other night that was the go-ahead touchdown, the Gamecocks do not give up a ton of big plays in the passing game. So, obviously, with Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts and, you know, Grimes and some of those guys and and, and their ability to, to, you know, take the top off of defense, Muschamp's going to try to limit that on Saturday. They usually have uh you know one or two players on the defensive line. Talk about talk about the defensive line a little bit. Um, uh, kind of guys do they have up front? Um, in the trenches yes. uh, uh, over at South Carolina. Yeah, Zach Pickens is a guy that they he was kind of the crown jewel of, of last year's signing class. Uh, did didn't start as a true freshman, but kind of kind of fixed his body a bit, lost some weight, got a lot stronger, got a lot more physical and faster. He's a guy that they're certainly uh counting on this season. And then uh, Kier Thomas. He's a guy who who plays left end, um, had a couple of sacks last season. He he's a good disruptor. Doesn't, doesn't make a ton of plays in the backfield, but you know has a really quick first step and and gets off the ball nicely. I think creating negative plays against the Gators and you know getting getting Kyle Trask in second and ten, third and nine situations would you know behoove the Gamecocks. If you watch the Ole Miss game, Florida, you know did pretty well on first down. Besides big plays, they were they were getting yards in chunks. I think they averaged around seven yards of carry. Um, a lot of folks talked about how well Ole Miss ran the ball, but, you know, they got 170 yards on 50 carries. That, that's like 2.8, three yards of carry. So um, Ole Miss did, didn't have a ton of chunk plays on the ground, and I think that's what the Gamecocks are going to try to do this weekend. All right. I know you talk about the, the, the corners being really good, but well, who's going to be the surprise player we should watch out for this weekend on defense? Defensively, uh, probably Ernest Jones. Uh, he's an outside linebacker. Some sometimes plays middle. He he switches around. He's kind of the quarterback of the defense. He's one of the Gamecocks' hardest hitters. And then one of the safeties, R.J. Roderick. Now, he's a guy who um, sometimes doesn't doesn't keep his uh, temper in check. Just you know, he he plays with, with, with kind of a hot spirit. He's one of the hard hitters too. So um, I I'd look for those two guys, Ernest Jones and R.J. Roderick, to to play big time snaps and and uh, really kind of stick their face in the fan against one of the SEC, really one of the nation's top offenses. I know that you said that, uh, you know, Colin Hill did a lot of dink and dunk on uh, uh, throwing the ball. What What is Mike Bobo bringing in terms of offense, or, or what does he want to bring to Gainesville this week? Or what do you think that Florida should expect out of him that might have been different against Tennessee? Yeah, I think one of the big things is the Gamecocks really only went downfield twice. I think one of them was a ball that Colin threw down the sideline um, out of bounds to an open guy, and then another one picked up 35 to 40 yards down the middle of the seam, uh, and then they just didn't go back to it. 
Muschamp said that that you know South Carolina's wide receiver group could play better. I think you're going to kind of see some new faces there that that did not play last week against Tennessee. Obviously, Shy Smith is the guy that Florida is going to key on defensively. Like I said, ten catches. 140 yards, and he probably had 15 or 16 targets as well. So Florida knows where the Gamecocks' bread is buttered. I think in the first half you'll see Mike Bobo try to get Colin Hill throwing the ball downfield a little bit. You know, he he played timid in that first half against Tennessee. The the pick six kind of rattled him. But um, Gamecocks' best drives in that game, best touchdown drives, were the scripted first possession, you know, where they went down pretty balanced, scored to go up 7 nothing. And then in the third quarter, they had about an eight or nine play drive where um, six or seven rushing plays around the right side really did well for him. So uh, Bobo Bobo's pretty good at scripted offenses, but when he when he's on the fly and, and the line's not blocking too well, it's it's hard for any play caller. I feel like Shy Smith is your Andre Debo's of Florida. I feel like he's been there forever. Um, he has. Yeah. He's another Debo Samuel type. Yeah. Um, Talk to us a little bit more about the running game. I know you touched on it, you know, briefly. Sure. Um, you know, I don't think that Colin Hill is going to throw the ball nearly as often um, against Florida, or you know, that's certainly Florida's hope. What can Florida expect at, at that running back position for uh, for South Carolina? And then, I guess my follow up question that that's completely unrelated is, what do you think South Carolina would need to do to win this game? Yeah, so the Gamecocks' top running back actually blew out his knee. In, in fall camp, Marshawn Lloyd. He's a um, this year's class five-star signee out of out of Maryland. And 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 to be honest with you, from what I've been told by uh, some of the sources in Columbia, you know the, the Gamecocks. Bobo was going to try to, you know, kind of mold his offense around Marshawn Lloyd. He was a bell cow type. He was probably going to get 20 carries a game. And when he went down, it was kind of like, uh oh, you know, it's a running back by committee. Um, Kevin Harris is a guy that got first team carry Saturday. He's a Strong runner, like like a Marshawn Lloyd type, um, but he but he but he's not as fast. Marshawn Lynch, excuse me, he's kind of a you know, low to the ground kind of thumper running back. Um, didn't didn't run the ball too well, but didn't didn't have a lot of blocking either against the Vols. Uh, Deshaun Fenwick's a guy who catches a lot of passes. Um, he's a guy that the Gamecocks like to get on the outside. Has has probably the best speed in the backfield, and and then Jacondre White, he's a, a JUCO transfer that played a little bit on Saturday. So they're they're kind of coming to Gainesville with a three-headed rushing attack. Uh, no one so far has really separated themselves once, you know, Marshawn Lloyd went down with that injury. And to, to hit your second question, man, I think the recipe for success for South Carolina is to generate some explosive plays. Uh, too many times they were behind the chains against Tennessee. And, and while they did convert some third downs with, with some pretty accurate throws from uh, Hill, you know, a lot of them passes were on slants to Shai Smith. Florida has a defense that will easily take that away, especially if, if Florida's in man. Um, South Carolina receivers really had had trouble separating according to Muschamp. And um, it, it's just an offense where, you know, they're going to have to break one, run the football, or, or hit them up top. Florida, you know, showed against Ole Miss that they had a propensity of, of giving up big plays in the passing game. But, you know, this, this wide receiver group in, in Columbia is not the same as the one in Oxford. What's what's uh Muschamp seat like this year? It's pretty damn hot, man. Um, if it if it wasn't for COVID nineteen and that thirteen million dollar buyout, I don't I don't think Muschamp is still the head coach of South Carolina. Obviously, coming off that four and eight. Um, based on what I've been told, though, you know he's he's still the head coach for the Gamecocks because he has considerable booster support. All the all the money in South Carolina still likes Muschamp. 
Um, he's a great guy. He's a he's a great interview. Obviously, a great recruiter. And you, you know, during yeah, his intro, yeah, man, during, it's just on 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 game day, you you see a different coach entirely. Yeah, just a conservative mindset. Um, likes the likes to punt it and and, and trust his defense. And when you're when you're not very explosive on offense, you got to take some chances. And obviously, starting off zero and one is not where the game cost for him to be. That was what I consider a must win game last weekend for Muschamp. You know he. He has to win those 50-50 games because there's going to be a lot of games this season where, where he's a multiple touchdown underdog like like Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, Brad, I know, and just to wrap up, I know that you said that you think the line at about 20 uh, is about right. I know Vegas um, has a lot of money on Florida right now, both on the money line and on uh, – and on just the overall uh, line itself. What is your prediction uh, you know, for this game? Yeah, if I had to give a score prediction somewhere like, you know, 42-17, 35-17, somewhere around there. I don't I don't see Florida scoring 50 because, like like we've all said, all of us, you know, Muschamp likes to slow it down a little bit. It's it's not often that, that a Gamecock defense has given up that many points. And, unless it, you know, they're, they're playing Trevor Lawrence, who kind of has had their way with Muschamp defenses in the years. But um, – you know, it's a it's a game that I don't I don't think South Carolina can win unless, you know, Kyle Trask throws a few picks and and really gives a struggling offense a short field. Um, Kyle Pitts is a guy the Gamecocks don't have a player on defense who is going to be able to cover him. I think I think Muschamp this week is probably talking with his defensive staff, you know, trying to um, summon some sort of game plan or or bracket coverage against Kyle Pitts to just make sure that. You know the the SEC's best tight end doesn't go for another, you know, 180 yards and four scores. But Florida obviously has has other weapons. Um, Gamecock's going to have to be able to wrap up the line of scrimmage and uh, somehow get pressure on Kyle Trask. One of the uh, interesting things last week is the Gamecocks did not bring a ton of pressure on on defense against Garantano. I think against Florida they're going to have to. Perfect. And Brad, I know that you cover uh, college football as a whole. Kind of my final question. I saw your article where you're kind of going over Heisman odds and everything else. And you had Kyle Trask moving up quite a bit. And, and I don't remember, pardon me, I didn't read the, the beginning of the article. I don't know if those were your odds or if those were Vegas's odds. What do you think the chances are that a guy like Kyle Trask wins a Heisman Trophy this year? Yeah, man, Trask is a guy that uh, back before spring practice started, I, I ranked number one in the SEC in, in terms of quarterbacks. Um, you know, I, I handle our, our weekly bowl projections at 24-7 sports, and I've had Florida in the playoffs since January. Um, I, I did not have the Gators win in the East. I thought their their lone loss would be Georgia, and then they'd get in at, as an at-large not having to play Alabama. You know, I thought Georgia would lose two games, and that would be Alabama regular season, and then Bama again in Atlanta. So um, I'm, I'm feeling a lot better about Florida as my final four pick um, after seeing week one with Georgia's quarterback, myriad of issues right now. So Kyle Trask is a guy I think that if he has a maybe 30-touchdown type season with, you know, a couple of interceptions and, and maybe a few rushing touchdowns, if, if Florida stays in the top five all year, he's going he's gonna to be a finalist. But right now he just he, – he doesn't have the name recognition that, that Trevor Lawrence and, and Justin Fields is going to have. Those are two guys that he's got to beat out. I love it. Well, Brad, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I want to uh, maybe get you on in the future, talk a little bit more national picture. But uh, thanks so much. Give a shout-out to my boy Taylor Destin, who told me that I needed to reach out to you. He's been following you for a long time. He said since Saturday down south. So, Brad, tell everybody where they can uh, find you on the Internet, find you on social media, uh, and thanks again for your time. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys, for having me. My Twitter is bcrawford247. I um, also have my own podcast. It's not college football. It's 
sneaker related. It's first in line, um, Spotify and and iTunes. I'm a big sneakerhead. I'm happy oh. in my whole life. So that's my that's my hobbies. Let me check that out. Definitely. Thank you. I love it. Well, thanks so much, Brad, and we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Thanks, guys. Brad Crawford. Good, good, uh, really good insight. Podcast about absolutely anything these days. (laughs) (laughs) Like, literally. I love it, man. I love it. I want to know what they talk about on here. That's, yeah, that's a lot of, uh, I feel like that's something Kev might be interested in, you know? Yeah, I might have to lob it to him. (laughs) <laughs> it sounds like his thing. Well, so why don't we uh, why don't we do a quick brunt ad read and let's get to the South Carolina game and we'll start to close this out. South Carolina preview is brought to you by Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys, hit my man Greg up. 954-589-2204. If you need home, you need auto, you need life insurance, you need financial services. Best customer service in the business, man. 954-589-2204. Big coverage. Perfect. Florida does enter this week, which is homecoming week for them uh, as, I believe, an 18.5-point favorite. Uh, currently, uh, Florida does look to probably and likely run away with this game as long as they put uh, the team out there that we uh, know that they have. Uh, so what are some uh, – give us a, a player of the week uh, prediction for you. South Carolina player of the week prediction. Offensively, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go Malik Davis. I think we get a little bit more busy on the ground this week. I want to go two parts, either Malik Davis or, cause I think Damian Pitts had a crazy game on South Carolina last year. So he, we could get a revisit of that, but one of the running backs, I'm going to go Malik. What about you black? Okay, I'm uh, I'm, look, I'm looking at another Kadarius Tony outing, but either Kadarius Tony or, 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 or Copeland. I think Copeland uh Copeland had a few big catches against those guys as well last year too. So I'll be on the look think, out for Copeland. I think somebody need to tell Tony where to line up on punt return. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is just me. Okay, well, never mind. You, you can tell he was a little bit less. You can tell he's a little bit less experienced back there than. Uh, than what we had previously had with Freddie Swain. We need some Finley Graham back there or what? What's going on? We just need him to know where the guard line to get on first. <laughs> I don't even need Finley Graham out there. I just need him to know where to go. That's all. Just need to know where to go, right? Because if he catch it, we see how he got down Saturday. If he catch it, we, we, might, we might get some fireworks. You but. know, <laughs> listen, bro, if he catches a punt, the first two dudes automatically going to miss. Yeah, they, that's, they, just, they, that's they, a gimme. They, they, they blend. Not even just, but, yeah, they, they blend it. But, but if he don't catch it, he still has to catch it. He got he got close one game. He got close. I'm gonna go with uh, who am I gonna go with? I'm gonna go with this isn't rockets. I'm gonna just go with Kyle Pitts. I think that nobody on uh, South Carolina's team can block him. You know, I think he had two yeah, touchdown catches where he was double ca- double covered. So I'll go with him. If you if I if I'm not allowed to pick Kyle Pitts or Kyle Trask because that's too easy, I'll right. go with uh, I go with Trent Whittemore. I think he's gonna get uh, a couple touchdown passes for the Great White Hope. What about on White, defense? White Mike, I like I like Whittemore, bro. He get busy. He's all busy. No flash, yeah. you know. Like maybe celebrate with a three sixty dunk with the ball over the uh, the goalpost. Who knows? Ball to the ref and get back to business, bro. You know. Yeah, he does like seem like that type of guy, but I want him to get a little saucy out there. I just want, yeah, he does to be the last time he scored too. 
scoring than Riley Cooper. Don't don't huh? compare him to Riley Cooper. Come on. Say he's more Chris Doring than Riley Cooper. Oh, more Chris Doring than Riley. I thought you. Oh, my bad. My bad. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. He, he, he's, he's, he, he's the type that's gonna go out there with no gloves on and, and try to catch something. Yeah, that's man. right. Cooper uh, wear gloves, wristbands. Ankles, yeah. Spots, <laughs> Not, everything. You know, no, no visor, swag. Everything. Nothing on him. Man, you got um, that swag. That boy got some dog in him. Shout out to Whitmore. Silk, what about you on uh, on defense? On defense, I need my man uh, Kyrie to step up. Um, so I'm gonna say Kyrie. I need Kyrie to make some plays, give me some turnovers, and, and get the DB an interception this week. So I'm gonna go with five. Put my boy on the island. Let him lock something down and get him one to the crib or something. I, I was gonna say the same thing, but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna piggyback off that a little bit and say uh, uh, Marco Wilson as well. Both corners. Um, we, we need we need some turnovers. Um, and the guys on the back end. Um, I, I I think that. Uh, you know, with Davis coming back, he could definitely make an impact this, as well in the back end. Yeah, I'm going to go on defense. I'm going to say, um, gosh, I don't know. Uh, this is this is tough because I, I don't know what South Carolina is going to do running the ball. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Brenton Cox. I know again an easy pick. Um, I think that he's super disruptive last game. I think that he's going to be very disruptive this game. I don't think just. Looking at South Carolina's offensive line, I don't think that they played very well last game. I don't think that they're going to play well against the uh, the pass rush of Florida. I think the uh, the safeties and, and line are sorry, the safeties and cornerbacks are going to play a little bit better, kind of lock down those positions. I don't think Colin Hill is anywhere as close as Matt Corral or, or John Reese Plumley were. Uh, so I think that Florida is going to be able to get to the quarterback quite a bit. And I think that uh, Brenton Cox is going to go with two and a half sacks. That's my uh, that's my call on him. I like it. Who got to get better? Safeties. All right. Well, then I'll I'll say I'll say Donovan Steiner and I'm gonna say Donovan Steiner needs to get better. If we're gonna pick out, if we're gonna pick one player, or yeah, I'm gonna go Donovan Steiner. Uh, I'm gonna go with Mark Bernie, bro. I think Bernie got to play better. Um, I think Vince Farrell held his own at linebacker. But I, I'm just not seeing it right now with Burn. I don't know if he needs to move to a different position or something. But right now, line back. How, how many times are we gonna move Bernie though, man? I don't know, but it ain't looking. You see what I'm saying? Well, yeah. well, like, ain't no disrespect to Bernie, but it's the second offseason. I feel like we lying about him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he got to show me something, man. I mean, the physical tools all 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 make sense on paper, but right now it's not translating on the field, man. So I, mean, I got to see something. What about you, Black? Um, I'm, I'm with you guys, man. I think Bernie has, has to get better. He's one of those guys that I wouldn't even say Bernie. I, I, I would say we, we got to get better at that linebacker's position. Um, you know, with, with Ventrell playing playing lights out, he got to get better at pass coverage as well. Um, whoever's in that spot at the other linebacker position got got to got to definitely uh, produce. I'm, I'm still. How you feel about this? Fifty-one to forty-one at linebacker. I love James Houston, man. You know, this is Houston high yeah. for straight violence. You know what I'm saying? So, I, you know, with all, with all due respect to Bernie, man, I, I feel like, man, he got to start having some accountability. Everybody kept talking about how he, he can be the star at star and this, that, and the third, and we ain't see it. Oh, now he's the linebacker, and, you know, he get pushed around. So, so I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, we definitely got to get, get better at that position right there. So, I want to see more James Houston. I want to see more violence. And I don't even know what's up with that Brunson thing. I'm not playing with y'all today, bro. I'm, not, I'm trying to figure out what's going on, bro. 
It's a couple people that I don't like on my field, so and you know we we didn't talk about this. Man. He's, he's, Randy, he's, the Randy special. He's, yeah, man. He's top three. Hey, man, listen, man. It's a couple people that I don't need on my field, man. And I think <laughs> Randy, Randy, I think Randy Shannon recruited all of them. So. <laughs> I think he also recruited Kyle Trask, though. So that's a fact. Yeah. Uh, every so blind squirrel about- catches a nut every time. <laughs> hey, that's, that's a good nut to catch, boss. Ah, whoa, boss. Silk, what about on offense? Needs to get better on offense. I think the obvious person is DeLance, right? Yep. Yeah, elephant in the room. Yeah, I mean, I'm a. Uh, I think the running backs play well, but I want to see them boys break a, a, some long shit. I think there's some vision and an offensive line get, giving us rooms to break along with, man. So I want to see one of the running backs. I got I can't say anybody in particular because uh, the obvious personal offense is is my man Delance, and um. So I want to see one of the running backs give me some thirty plus yard shit. That's what I want to see. Some explosive uh, in the run game. We've seen with the past game. He's one of our best players, obviously. Um, not saying that he's not a bad player. Not saying he didn't play well on Saturday. Um, to me, I just feel like he can do a little bit better. Um, Trayvon Grounds, man. There's some couple of balls that he could have mm-hmm. caught. Right, right. And, and, you know, he out there trying to be all pretty and shit. We talked about it. Um, you know, just, just be a little bit stronger at, at the point of, you know, uh, of catching the ball. I know he can do it, man. He, man, he's way bigger than these guys, better, better than these guys, more athletic than these guys. They can't guard him, bro. So uh, mm-hmm. I just want to see him get a little bit more stronger when, when it's time to catch the ball. Yeah, and then I'm going to go with uh, with Jacob Copeland, kind of the same reason. Uh, I think that he's an incredible player. I think that he's one of Florida's most athletic players. Uh, but this is his third year at Florida, and I'm starting to expect big things out of him. So Jacob Copeland is probably the guy that I'm going to say there. And then I, I'm going to add another one. I'm going to add Stuart Reese in there too, um, just because he was my guy that I thought might be the uh, this team's MVP. I want to see him you know, shake some of that rust off and, uh, and get back to his mauling days. Go ahead, Silk. Sorry about that. No, you good. I think four yards, 60, 70 yards receiving is going to be Mullins' thing for these guys. I, I think sure. I think uh, Copeland had about the kind of day he's going to have a lot. Unless, like, I mean, here and there you'll have one of these guys go 100-plus like, and do some things like Tony did and get more touches. But it's just so many wide receivers. just like the last group of guys that just went pro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just think it's, it's only one ball. So these guys got to maximize on their targets. He did have, I think, one drop. So, like, they just need to maximize their targets, but I don't think it's going to be a whole lot of receptions for any particular guy. You're muted, dude. Oh, sorry about that. I'm not even necessarily talking about, you know, some of that, you know, and I've got to rewatch some of it. I watched some of the game looking for other things, mainly on the offensive line. I just didn't see him break out of coverage the way that I thought he might be from a, a speed perspective. Um, you know, he did have a 14-yard catch. Uh, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, that's just a guy that I think could be Florida's number one wide receiver. I do think that he's more talented than Trayvon Grimes. Um, you know, we just have to we just have to see it. But you know, Florida's offense was spectacular. Um, and I didn't want to nitpick on uh, on Gene Delance. Everybody knows he's <laughs> <laughs> the, the fans probably want all four, all three of us, just to say his name, just like really emphasize on it. But see, that just doesn't make good radio. You know what I mean? No, you gotta get creative. <laughs> but uh, all right, boys, um, let's get to a prediction, score prediction of the game. So start with you, bud. I know a man said we can go off uh, fifty burger again, but I'm gonna keep her along the fifty line. I'm gonna go forty nine. I think we go 49-13, something. I don't think much chance. I think we get a lot of turnovers. I think we get a lot of sacks. 
Uh, that team cannot throw the ball down the field, even though we can't cover it down the field. I just don't think this guy can hit the broad side of a barn down the field, man. So uh, they got to stay ahead of the chains. Their running game is, is okay, but it's not nothing great. I just think we manhandle these people. Must change them try to play conservative and short. It may get a little weird the first quarter, but we're just a way better team than them. I think we cover the spread easily. So I'm going to go like 49-13, something ignorant. I'm going to uh, go 42-21. I know uh, late in the game, we like to give up a lot of underneath little passes and whatnot, man. And right. the team, you know, get down the field and get an That's easy true. little touchdown or something, man. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I give them seven points off that, man. And, you know, basically giving up 13, 14 points like Silk is. Um, but, you know, I'm going to go 40, 40, 42-21. So. I'm going to go 45-17. I just don't think that South Carolina is able to move the ball. Um, just watching a little bit of the did uh, the South Carolina game, I just don't think that they're very adept at on offense. Obviously, under Will Muschamp, I don't think that Colin Hill is anything spectacular. I think the Florida's defense does get you know quite a bit better from last week. Um, they've got film on Mike Bobo from his time as a head coach and his time as an offensive coordinator. And yeah, so um, I like I like Florida big, and I don't see it being particularly close. Maybe like Silk said or Ahmad said, I, I forgot which one of you guys said it might be a slow, you know, first half. I you know I see you know one of those uh, one of those halves where you're. 12 minutes in to the, uh, to the first quarter. And you're like, how the hell is it 12 minutes in already? Uh, but outside of that, I see Florida running away with this and, and I don't see South Carolina being able to stop, you know, Florida on defense. I just don't think that they have the talent to be able to do so. Uh, real quick. Let's talk about this real quick. Uh, I should have had this on the list. What do you, what do you do think about that? Um, we didn't have him. We gave him a lot of yards. Um, that's just, that's just not desirable. <laughs> that didn't look good at all, but everybody gave a lot of, a lot of yards. We won. But do you do you I think I know we're gonna do our thing against South Carolina. They're just not explosive. Do you think anybody else pose that type of threat to us being able to just move the ball down the field like they did in those type of chunk plays? I don't think so. I don't think that there's anybody that Florida's gonna play that's gonna move. I don't think that Florida's gonna play an offensive mind like Lane Kiffin for the rest of the season. I think that that's what caught Florida off guard too, was there was a lot of shifts, there was a lot of change, there was a lot of uh, just weird stuff going on before the play was set that I think confused them. You know, I think them missing Brad Stewart uh, was big. Kyrie Campbell not playing was big uh, with um, with Sean Davis out. I and mean, I think that that's big. I think that Florida, you know, is going to get better. I think Todd Grantham is better, not only with film. I think he's better, you know, in the second half of games as well. Uh, but I don't think that there's an offensive mind or a quarterback that's as talented as John Rice Plumley is running the ball, or as Matt Corral, I think Matt Corral is probably just as good as most of the quarterbacks of Florida is going to play this year. He impressed me a lot. Yeah, he's talented kid. He made some big boy throws down the field, but our safeties were also drunk. So, there's that. He just got to get rid of that hair, bro. Got to get rid of that hair. That hair, he should get some at least probation for that hair. Something, bro. Um, I think Sean Davis being out was, was had a lot to do with some of my miscues in the back end as well. You know, him being out put forced other people to put to get in the game that um that normally wouldn't be getting that, that type of minutes or um would probably be in positions that they wouldn't normally play. So uh, I'm looking for him to be back this weekend to kinda help our secondary out a little bit. Shot to Brad Stewart, he made the depth chart this week. Sure did. Glad, glad to see him back, potentially. All right. 
We'll see. <laughs> that, that truck means nothing around here. That's right. Apparently. All right. So let's take us out with uh, everybody's favorite ad read. We'll get to the song of the week and we'll close it out. Everybody's favorite read on the show. Favorite ad read. Manscaped.com. Fellas, if you have a hairy situation, got to tighten that up, man. You already know what time it is. Got to get proactive and go and get that lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. Skin safe type technology is perfect tool. You can use it in the shower. No snags, no cuts, no rips. No band-aids on the package. You know what I mean? Uh, it's also waterproof. And summertime's kind of gone, but it's still a little warm outside in the fall in Florida, so you got to get that anti-shaft ball deodorant. You don't think you need ball deodorant until you don't have ball deodorant. Now, I can't leave the house without it. Can't leave the boys just out here just chafing and dry. You got to, you know what I'm saying? Oil them up. Coupon code SG for free shipping and 20% off at checkout, man. Manscaped.com. Very good. Boys, this is a hell of a show. Great content. Big win. Really enjoyed spending this past uh, Saturday with you at the Cush House. Uh, we'll have to do it again sometime. Uh, I think that that's the yeah. move for college football season this year. That is the vibes, yeah. man. I, I mean, one of the time, man, for, for Patreon, man, we got to get some people to come hang out with us or something. Oh, absolutely. We'll do that for Patreon. Uh, if you yeah, haven't checked out Patreon, yeah, yeah, patreon.com slash stadium and Gale. We're going to be doing a ton of exclusive stuff on there. We're going to be doing maybe some virtual tailgating stuff like that. Uh, check out our shop stadium slash shop. We put some uh, new merch on there in the last couple weeks ago. So check that out. And as always follow us on social media at stadium and Gale. Yeah, I want to do something. We'll do some type of Patreon, uh, something before we get, we get, choose a winner, some type of prize where they come hang out with us at the Kush House, man. That'd be dope. But it's BYOB still. Already. Absolutely. That's how, that's how we roll here. All right, boys, let's close this out. I think I got the song of the week this week. I'm going to go a little soulful with my boy Mark Broussard. We're going to play his song Home. So, same corner, same time next week, boys. 2 0. You already know the vibes. Let's ride. Take us out, Cam. Take me home.